Hello and welcome back to The Shakedown, an F1 and most sports learning podcast. My name's Ellie and along with Moni and Hannah, we are here to learn about F1 and loads of other motorsport series. In this episode, we delve into F1 Academy, the recently launched female-only feeder series into F1. We also discuss some of our learning moments from the recent Miami Grand Prix. As always, if you want to get in touch, you can find us on Instagram at PrettyGirlF1Club and on Twitter at PGF1C. Or you can follow us on TikTok at PGF1C. But for now, enjoy learning all about F1 Academy. All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Hannah. Yeah, I'm Ellie. I'm Monica. And welcome back to The Shakedown, an F1 and motorsports learning podcast. We're so excited that you've uh, come back to join us today. This is our third episode. Um, and we hope you have enjoyed the first two, learning a little bit about F1. And um, today's going to look a bit different. We're not going to talk so much about F1. Money, why don't you tell us what we are going to be talking about today? We're basically going to be talking about F1 Academy. It's something I'm very new to, and I'm assuming everyone that watches motorsports is very new to since it's just starting. It's what, second, well, technically second weekend of it, right? It is the second, yeah. the second weekend just happened with Miami and... Um, we will touch on F1 a little bit because some historic things happened over the weekend, but uh, we're going to stick with, we're going to talk about F1 Academy. What is it? What's going on with it? Because it is a very big topic of conversation. Okay. So first things first, what is the most obvious difference about F1 Academy in comparison to Formula One, Formula Two, Formula Three, and other feeder series that sort of lead into uh, Formula One? So, Okay. I think it's important to talk about its origin story. F1 Academy's predecessor was called W Series. It was a series that followed the F1 schedule that was never broadcast. Well, it was broadcast on YouTube, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was broadcast on Sky, I think. Was it broadcast on Sky? Okay. I mean, we don't get Sky yeah, here. Yeah. Most, Sky. Of, most of the Sky ones here. So I that's new news to me. See, you learn something every day. We're already learning. There um, But we, it was not readily available to American audiences. Um, even though two of the races last year were supposed to happen in America. Right. One was supposed to happen in Miami and it did. And one was supposed to happen in Austin and it didn't. And the reason it didn't is because they lost funding by Singapore and they didn't even finish. They didn't even finish Singapore as far as I know. Well, the race. They didn't even finish the weekend. Oh my gosh. I didn't they know did that. like, I, I, knew I don't even finish the series like the year. I don't really <laughs> remember that weekend very well. There was a lot going on that weekend for me. Um, but from what I remember and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, they did like practice or something and then they didn't do the rest of the weekend Wow! and they basically said, we don't have enough funding to continue and they just stopped. Um, so Austin never happened. Miami did. And it just, it, to me, it made a little to no sense that you couldn't really get a regular broadcast when you have two of the races happening in America for like Americans to get that. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So there wasn't enough exposure. Yeah. So just for anyone listening who doesn't know W series in same way that F1 Academy is an all female racing series. Like it's, it's only women. There's no, no men. Um, Not, they can, they can be in the teams and stuff like that. But in terms of the drivers, the drivers are all female. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So W Series, like we say, ended early last year. Um, they ran out of funding. I think um, 
Jamie Chadwick, who has already won it three times, two times. Is mm-hmm. that her third one? Three. I, oh, that's a good question. I have to look that up. I think it's it's definitely two at least. She three. won. That was her third three. last year. It was her third last year. Okay. Yeah. So she got told about it, like, I think it was eight days later, um, eight days after Singapore, which was the last race that they did. Um, she got told that it wasn't going to be continuing into Austin. Abu Dhabi, I think, would have been the other one. Um, and so, yeah, W Series had an early exit. Um, so from that, I think there was a, a reasonable amount of outrage. Um, I think people were like, <laughs> why have they just managed to run out of funding? That doesn't seem fair. That doesn't seem right. Why is no one stepping in to help? And eventually we got the announcement early this year, I think it was, or was it end of last year about F1 Academy? There was whispers about it, I think, at the end of the year, and then they confirmed it right. at the beginning of the the season. Um, mm-hmm. They started really talking about it. Now, the when, interesting thing about F1 Academy is that it is an all-female series, and it's supposed, the, the point, according to many, many outlets, is that it's supposed to be giving them, giving these women the next step in exposure and the next step into mm-hmm. Formula One. There's a right. couple things that I kind of when when I was told that and then I was and then I saw how the schedule was laid out and how the and just overall the broadcasting the or lack thereof mm-hmm. that I raised an eyebrow at. One, mm-hmm. it's yep. not in sync with the F1 season at all, except for the last well, race year. of their season. Ne- next year it will be. This mm-hmm. year it won't. Important and I think to the, note. Yeah. Yeah, it's important to note. You're right. And I think that it's kind of interesting that they didn't do that, especially because they said we're going to, you know, this is for exposure purposes, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. then they didn't sink it. Yeah. The math is not mathing, you know? (laughs) No, it's Um, not. Numbers aren't numbering. No. Okay. So they're not even in the paddock that the F1 teams are in. So they can't make connections with people. They can't network in the same way they're in. I mean, We've just been for, for the F1 races. We've just been in, in Miami, which obviously is in America. Yeah. Um, they have been, meanwhile, in Valencia, which is obviously in Spain, in Europe, on a completely different continent. And their race the week before was also in Europe, which I understand logistically makes sense. And obviously the F1 calendar comes to Europe in two weeks time. But if the whole idea is about exposure and about giving a platform to people to be able to hopefully get to the point where they have an F1 seat, that's kind of the trajectory of the goal. Um, it's, it doesn't seem to quite be adding up, does it? Um, no. Now, here's the interesting thing to point out is that with F1 Academy, they're trying, they have like the idea, and we'll get into this later, and you're right when you say they aren't able to make those connections. We'll get into it in later episodes, but they won't even be in the F1 paddock per se, unless they're connected to a F1 team. And because they aren't in the sink of the same weekend in the same place, they don't have that ability to connect. They don't have that ability to be scouted. Mm -hmm. There is no such thing. Well, not, I'm not going to say there's not no such thing, but there isn't a time where the, their support series, the feeder series and F1 are in the same paddock. They're in the support right. paddock, and then they're in the F1 paddock. That's two different places. Mm-hmm. Some, unless you're a, a academy driver, 99% of the time, you're not going to be in the F1 paddock. 
Right. And so, I know there definitely are some who are. Mm-hmm. So Abby Pulling is now peen driver. Yes. Um, Bianca, I think, is also maybe not Alpine. No, she is part of Prama. And I can't remember. I'd have to do more. I'd have to refresh my memory. I don't know if she's connected to an academy or not. Right. But anyway, the the reality is there's a lot of them that aren't. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, if I'm not just making the way it works for them to get into... F1 Academy is part of it is that is the goal is that they'll be helped with like sponsorship, be helped with like contacts to be able to, because getting into F1, in case you haven't realized, is a very expensive thing to do. You need money, you need backing, you need sponsors. Like obviously if you've got people, you know, like family, friends, like who can help do that. But that's not the case for, you know, a lot of people um, who might want to get into F1. They might not have those kind of connections. So from what I understand, the the girls getting into F1 Academy need to raise £150,000. Really? Themselves. I didn't know that. As How do you know they had like to do that? Is, that's, it, I don't know. I don't want to say entry fee. Um, and if someone wants to fact check me, please feel free. But from what I understand, they have to kind of put forward this £150,000. Um, and then because all the cars are the same, um, all like all the same kind of spec, like which makes for really great racing because you've not got like what you have in Formula One where you've got this person who's developed this thing and it's insane and mental Red Bull, I'm looking at you. Um, and <laughs> then you've got like your, your, your Williams a bit further down with not the same budget. I think the, the idea is that that entry money means that that kind of helps to pay towards some of their costs and, and things and, and stuff like that. So, you know, it's not without a lot of input from these people. Um, like it's not like a casual thing where you can be like, oh, fancy, fancy being a Formula One driver. Maybe I'll maybe I'll try F1 Academy. Like there's a lot of uh, you know, work that has to go into making that happen. Hannah, you look like you're gonna come in with some facts. No, I'm look so I'm looking at the F1 Academy website. And right now, um I actually it does have a it says a guide to F1 Academy. And it says and they did, they set this up really well, basically. It's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you the well. watch us tab, the media information, the category, the car and engine, because it is a spec series. That's very mm-hmm. important to point out is a spec series um, with 15 drivers, three each team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a one that says rules and regulations. Now, what I was looking for was the, was the weekend format. So we could talk about that because it's a little different than what we're used to. Um with other mm-hmm. feeder series, which again, we'll get into the feeder series in a different episode, just because we want to kind of focus on this really important topic with F1 Academy, because it is so important um, to learn about. Particularly to us as women, like, exactly. regardless, but particularly right. to us as women, it's important to... Question, I guess, that's kind of connected. So W Series, Jamie Chadwick dominated it, basically, right? She's now in... Mm-hmm. Uh, ND NXT or ND Next, which is like mm-hmm. the future character yes. car, right? And she's a reserve for Williams. So Correct. what what I will give credit to W series is that they gave all the women in that series, because it was synced with the F1 weekend, it gave them a lot of opportunities to connect with F1 teams. Mm-hmm. Jess Hawkins Hawkins, yeah. is that Jess Hawkins? I couldn't, I blanked for a second. I love her, but I, I blanked for a second. Jess Hawkins, Aston Martin. Jamie Chadwick, Williams, you know, Abby Pulling, Alpine. Yeah. You would not have them in that position unless W Series was in tandem with F1, like F2 and F3. Mm-hmm. 
So it is given the opportunities. Yep. I understand. I kind of understand why F1 Academy is not in sync with the F1 calendar just yet. It was put together, not very last minute, but kind of last minute. Um, so they weren't able to work everything out, but they will next year, which is very important. And I think that's, you know, good that they've done that. Now, the yep. one thing that's still going to be a mess, and I feel like it's going to be a mess for a while, is the broadcast rights. Mm-hmm. Um, the broadcast rights on from the website, they say they exist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, I did not know that. <laughs> but it's not in the way that you think. Okay. Because let's talk about briefly what we've seen so far, because what we've been able to get hold of so far is you can find out what happens on a race weekend. And on a Thursday following a race weekend, Sky post a recap at 7 p.m. UK time. Mm -hmm. And usually the Monday afterwards, you can get something of a roundup on the Formula One YouTube channel. But in terms of like watching the sport live, that has been challenging to find, shall we say. Challenging or non-existent. unless you are at the track yeah challenging or non-existent unless you're at the track now here's what it says on the where to watch us page uh, from the f1 academy website Mm. um it says um on a monday following race weekends a race highlight video will be made available across f1 academy and f1 social media channels youtube and f1 tv Mm-hmm. Across the race weekend, you can also follow official F1 Academy Twitter channel uh, for live multimedia updates from the track, including text commentary, imagery, clips from the race, and post-race interviews from our drivers. Meanwhile, over Instagram, over on Instagram, we will be providing live updates of the event through our stories. Now, below that little spiel that I just read, it says F1 mm. Academy rights holding broadcasters by country. Mm-hmm. Go on, give us a tea. It's gone. <laughs> it has Belgium, Cambodia, Canada, Cyprus, Czech Republic, and Slovakia, Denmark, Finland, Norway, Sweden, Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania, Greece, Hong Kong, Iceland, Indonesia, Italy, Japan, Kosovo, Laos, Malaysia, and Brunei, Mexico, Netherlands, Philippines, Poland, Singapore, Spain, and Andorra, Thailand, Turkey, and the United Kingdom. That is it. Now, what these broadcasters have rights to is the Wednesday recap. Okay. It's a 15-minute video that they release on Wednesday after the race. Now, what are they recapping? Let's talk about how the weekend works. Because, again, like I said before, it's a little bit different. Um, it is – they run three races, essentially. hmm Okay. There is a – is it two qualifyings? I can't remember. Hang on one second. Yeah. It's two qualifyings, right? I think so. I think so. Um, F1 Academy did post a really helpful graphic on it. They did. Um, which, so if you're really interested in um, F1 Academy and you're listening, um, please do check out their socials. Like whilst we're talking about, like obviously a lot of the challenges with with broadcasting some of this stuff and finding out about it, there are some very helpful graphics. You've got some helpful like introduction to the drivers because I don't know about you guys, but I find it easier to know who I'm talking about when I've seen their face. Yeah. Like, and so, you know, if this is something you do want to get into, something you do want to learn about um, along with us, um, please do go check out um, F1 Academy's uh, social media pages um, because they will have like pictures of people and, you know, they'll have people like in their groups of teams because like, as Hannah said, there are five teams each with three drivers, which obviously is a little bit different to some of the other uh, chat, uh, feed series that we're used to looking at. 
Yeah. Um, they did post a really helpful kind of graph, shall we say, graphic mm-hmm. to show like how the weekend works. Like flow chart, like a nice, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's a nice flow chart. I'm just trying to find it right now because I don't want to like give the wrong information. We're here to learn, right? No, um, here to learn. where is it no uh susie is what is susie in relation to f1 academy susie my queen you mean yes. susie yes. is the <laughs> director i have it i have the thing but oh let's go okay. let's go over the weekend and we can go back to susie okay so the way the weekend format works is you have free practice one, which is 40 minutes free practice two which is 40 minutes as well so that's a chance for um the drivers to test out the cars for them to kind of test out the track because for a lot of them they're probably not going to have been to many of these tracks it's not like the f1 calendar where like they're super used to um doing sort of roughly the same tracks each year and so they get used to it and even completely honest i have no idea what sim time would look like um for uh f1 academy as a series um because the teams are set up in a bit of a different way so you know these free practice sessions are like extremely important for them in terms of you know, learn the feel of the car, but also learning the track a little bit as well. So after that, you then have um, qualifying session one and qualifying session two. These are both 15 minutes long. Um, and the person, interestingly, the person who gets pole position in each of those sessions receives two points towards like the the um, championship standings, which I think is really interesting because obviously they talk a lot in F1 about how no points on Saturday, no points on Saturday, but, you know, you can get points on Saturday. Um, in F1 Academy, I'm assuming these qualifying sessions are taking place on Saturday. It doesn't actually say. Um, so then qualifying session one sets the grid for both race one and race two. Now, race one is um, 30 minutes plus one lap. Um, and is the grid is set by the first qualifying results. So if you qualify first in um, that first qualifying session, you'll start P1, P2, P3 and so on. Race two, on the other hand, 20 minutes long and one lap, and it's a reverse grid for the top eight. So what that means is the top eight, if they started P1 to eight, that's flipped, and person in P8 starts P1, and person in P7 starts P2, and person in P6 starts P3, and so on and so forth. Um, Reverse grid is a very controversial one. Um, They do it a lot more in feeder series where the cars are a bit more comparable because it makes sometimes for better racing. F1 historically to my understanding has been incredibly against reverse grid um but they're also the most competitive and the most competitive so of course they don't want a situation where if they qualified on pole they wouldn't get to start on pole um so you know that that's that's a f1 separate thing but a lot of the feed series you do see um reverse grid in some of the races so that's that qualifying section has set the grid then for us for those first two races um and then there's qualifying session two um, sets the grid for race three, which is 30 minutes and one lap. So races one and three, relatively similar, both set by the starting grid. And then that second one in the middle is that reverse one. And in terms of points, again, races one and three, similar amount of points, same point system as F1, where 25 for first, 18 for second, 15 for third, 12 for fourth, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas race two, um, first down to eighth, you get 10 points, eight points, six, five, four, three, two, one. And then there's also one point awarded for the fastest lap. So that's the rough format of a weekend. Um, like I say, not entirely sure what days those are on. Apologies for that. Um, but yeah, that's roughly how your F1 Academy uh, race weekend format 
looks. Any questions on that? I think that the only question, mm, no, you answered that question. I lied. Never mind. <laughs> no, but if there's a way it can be clarified to make it clearer, let's go. No, I was going to, I was, I think that the only thing that we should clarify is that races, the races happen on, I want to say there was a graphic that the races do happen. Like there's, it's like one race on one day and two races on the other. I don't know. Me neither. Um, but we will find that out and let you all know. <laughs> we'll uh, do some research onto that one. Um, I do think it's interesting. Do you know much of the history about reverse grid, Hannah? I don't. Um, it is something that I really, I feel, you know, I really like personally mm -hmm. because it gives more opportunities to people who, you know, maybe they're just not a strong qualifier, but they're a great long distance driver. You have, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes, and I know like that's kind of a rare scenario, but at the same time it gives, and it also gives strategy kind of a shakeup, you know, you have yep. some people who are aiming for 10th. So they get the reverse grid. Sure. I'm just really curious. I right. like that actually, because obviously there's that, that reverse grid wouldn't be the case for race one. So I find that really curious that obviously, yes, you can aim for a 10th place to get the pole on the reverse grid, but then you're still starting in 10th for another race that has infinitely more points associated with it. Right. But also keep in mind that like, if you, this is going to be very, very strange, just bear with me here, everyone, mm -hmm. um, including you listeners out there. Um, Cause it's something that I've thought about a lot. You see it in like sprint races in mm -hmm. the feeder in the normal feeder series is that you have some teams later on in the series that will aim for 10th. So they get that for that pole position. Yeah. Or they'll aim for mid-pack so they can have their driver practice overtake or see what they can do yeah. to overtake. Because, yeah. you know, sometimes you have a scout, a, a mm -hmm. team recruiter watching or, you know, it, it's interesting to kind of think about and strategy-wise, it adds a little bit of spice to your strategy. Mm -hmm. Is it a common strategy? Absolutely not. But it has happened before. Yeah, um, I can see it. Because, you know, you still, even, even when they, when you're on, you know, if you're on radio and you listen to other drivers and other series and they're like 10th place and they still go, okay, reverse pull. Got it. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Great. That's still something, you know. Um, but the reverse pole person wouldn't get the point for the pole qualifying. No. That would, if we're looking at sort of the F1 Academy format. Um, interesting. Yeah. I, I don't, I do find it really interesting. I, quite like reverse grid um i, think I love reverse grid i think they should add it to f1 i don't care what oh, the drivers say <laughs> i feel like it would add a little bit of spice and make it hard for max but that's beside the well, point but that's, so, essentially no, what happened that's a good point in though. miami it like, is it's a, like, p9 it's basically like i don't know like this is like my first series like first time watching f1 or just actually more sports in general and i don't know like my, I guess my reference for sprint races was me rewatching over like the winter break, Danny winning at Monza and like how he got, was it pulled during because of the sprint or like he got top. So Danny got pulled because Valtteri had a component. Um, okay. So that like, was replaced. So it's like he, and then he was able to win. So it's like, 
was it Danny who got no Danny didn't get pole it was it was Max yeah and they crashed and they yeah Max got pole there was Monza a 2021 moment. for anybody listening. yes yes <laughs> we're talking about Monza 2021 yes mm-hmm. so just to clarify Monza 2021 was the last time that McLaren spoiler alert won a race Okay, they won yeah. with Daniel Ricciardo. And also, the first time they won a race in a real long time, but the first time maybe. they won a race since 2012. Yeah, it's Baby. been a long time. It was a very big deal. Um, it was a very happy day for a lot of a lot of us because um, it was fun to see um, a different winner, see the yeah. Monza magic work its magic, um, dread the Monza curse working it in the next year. Um, oh, and it did. Oh, and it did, and it always does. Um, we're gonna have to talk about that because I'd have no idea what that is. But we'll talk about. I think we'll talk about it later down the road. Just be, as we'll we do, cons- we'll do a whole episode on conspiracy theories. Oh please! I think so I think that that's a good idea because you know there's so many and and so people many. say, oh, why is it so superstitious? Now the sport is superstitious. It's almost worse than baseball. Ooh, <laughs> that's a strong thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but okay, yeah. but back to like reverse grid then. But yeah, so dial back. Go in. ahead. No, it's just like, I don't know, like, I haven't seen much, but I feel like if it wasn't for, like, at least the sprint race of it, the chances of Danny winning Monza 2021 were probably not there. So it's like, why wouldn't you want to make it more interesting in terms of, like, I get, like, for, like, sprint weekends now, it's, like, the setup, it's still the same. It's, like, not, like, it's, like, it's predictable who's going to be in the top eight right now, given the cards. I mean, the podium's like, why not pretty make it predictable spicier? these days. <laughs> Yeah, the podium is predictable, but like going back to just kind of give context, 2021 was diamonds when it came to racing. Yes, there was controversy. Yes, there was, you know, but it was good. There was, it was down to the literal last race by point, like half points. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll get back to F1 Academy in just a few seconds, but this is very important because sprint races are a part of F1 Academy. Um, but maybe we should talk about what sprint races are just really quickly. Um, just so people have context. Sure. So as a race, we I think we did touch on it briefly. Um, in our yeah. previous two podcasts, but kind of said we give it its own time. But in brief, um, a sprint race is a shorter version of a Formula One race. They have to race around a hundred kilometers. Um, so it probably gives you like half to a, th- a third, maybe, of the usual racing time. Pit yeah. stops are not compulsory. Um, that for f1 this year they've tried a new format where there's a different qualifying setup for it um but basically it's like a little mini race in and of its own and similar to how this race two in formula one academy works um you get a different amount of points it's actually only the top eight that score points um which is has got issues in and of itself um because for a lot of the people further back if they know there's no chance of them getting into the top eight within sort of 20 laps um or 20 I think it was 27 in Baku um, or maybe 21. I don't remember, but a lot of people don't love the sprint format. A lot of the FINA series, a lot of the other series, it's a very common thing. It's a thing they're very used to. So actually it's F1 that has always been the spectacle of only really the Sunday, whereas cause sprint races take place on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does, you know, add a little extra day in. Um, for those people who would be more likely to just watch the spectacle race themselves rather than those of us who like to watch happy one, two, three, qualifying and all the stuff in between. Yeah. So sprint races um, look a little different in F1, but we'll get into that later. It's a whole thing. 
I have my opinions on it. I'm sure everybody has their opinions on it, but sprint races basically give it's one third. It's a hundred kilometers versus the 300 you run in a normal race for F1. I'm not Mm going to say that I know for the feeder series, it is exactly the same because it's not every distance is shorter with every feeder series than F1, but it gives basically the chance for people who qualified lower to start higher. And it also gives the teams. Yes. If there's a reverse grid for F1 Academy and from a lot of the feeder series, if I'm not mistaken, it's Mm -hmm. a reverse grid for sprint races. Um, But it gives that shot to those drivers that didn't qualify high enough or they wanted to qualify better to get points. Is it the same amount of points? No, no, not even close, but it is, you know, it's still a win under their belt. If they win, it's still Mm -hmm. a podium under their belt. If they podium and it still Mm -hmm. looks good. Right. Mm -hmm. Interestingly for F1, there's still a little bit of unclearness um around whether it counts as a race win um i think in the feeder series it's more generally accepted because it's the same format every single week that that does count as a feature race win or a sprint race win um or like i'd imagine in f1 academy like a race one win a race two win and all of those kind of things but i think because of the different uh amount of laps and because obviously for formula one it's not taking place at all uh races on the calendar um it takes place at six this year i think it was three last year um there there are a lot of things where like you know if we're going to talk statistics um you look at someone like george russell who won the sprint race in barcelona no in sorry in brazil last year um that he then also won the actual race on the sunday in brazil last year he is currently only credited with one race win so he doesn't they call it a sprint race win they call it a sprint race win but it's not like he has two race wins to his name. He doesn't. He has one race win to his name. Even Sergio Perez, who won the most recent uh, Formula One sprint race out in Baku, um, has only got from that weekend one race win added to his total, which I just find a bit curious um, that it's not given the same weight. And I do think for Formula One, I, I think that's because uh, it doesn't happen every single week, which I do understand. Uh, but again it's just an interesting way of of understanding it isn't it to go okay well you don't classify this as a full race in terms of race wins but you know in some of the series where it's consistent every single week they will just differentiate between those two types of win uh which i do think is good yeah um just to kind of wrap up f1 academy um so we can touch on some other things just real quick um the thing that I think the reason we kind of bring up F1 Academy because a it's a feeder series and it is an important series, but it's kind of up in the air on exposure. The point of the, you know, entire series was to give exposure, but it's not getting the exposure that it deserves. Um, and there are many reasons and I'm hoping that they'll like, you know, work it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it looks like they are. It does. I mean, there are inevitably reasons because there are always reasons to them. Um, but there's a part where, like, 
I get a notification about two hours before every single race on my phone. I don't know how to turn it off. Um, I get a notification from Instagram saying F1 has started a live video. And at that point, two hours before the race, you are broadcasting the driver's parade, which is where the drivers sit in fancy cars and drive around the track and wave at everybody. Like it really is that fancy. Sometimes they're on like a big float. Like, you know, there's different different tracks do it differently. But essentially, two hours before the race, F1 Instagram itself live streams the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, they can't be in all places at once. And they do a really good job. I've watched it like maybe like one time. Typically, I'm just busy. Um but like I've watched it a few times. Oh, sorry, just the once. And they're not in this. They're not obviously seeing every single person unless it all happened to be in the same shot at the same time. So, you know, if it were to be like live streaming a race, for example, logistically, that would be quite hard to cover all the cars and track in the same way that you get coverage from like Sky, F1 TV, the people who who do broadcast. Um so, you know, I can understand that it would be difficult for them to give the full race experience through something like an Instagram live. However, it does throw up this thing where you're like, but surely something's possible. Surely some kind of exposure, some kind of coverage, some kind of way to watch this is doable, is possible. Clearly there are cameras there because we can get the footage of like the highlight show and things like that. So clearly there are, people manning cameras most of the time to be able to capture the shots that need to be captured for said highlight show so it does raise a very important question which is why we want to talk about it and why we want to talk about it now sort of two races into the seat to the season of going well why can't we see it because hannah's absolutely right it's not getting exposure and if the whole point of it was to get exposure clearly something somewhere around down the line something has gone wrong um whether willfully or accidentally, let's assume it's accidental. I did see um, something on Twitter somewhere that said it was about broadcasting rights, um, which I may be wrong, but from what I understand, a lot of the broadcasting rights for Formula One, two, even three, land with Sky. Um, They then distribute it to a lot of other places that then stream it and show it in different countries. But... I don't know. I'm curious. Why why do we think it wouldn't be broadcast? What what would the reasons be for not broadcasting? I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind in general, I guess it's just because work uh, athletics life, it's like, oh, no one wants to watch women's sports, quote unquote. It's always like the first default I go to just because that's what I'm used to hearing. But I don't think it's that. Well, I mean, it's probably a partially a reason why, but like I feel I used to, like, maybe it's just like the community a man when it comes to like motorsports it's like people are interested in it and want to support it so like the support's there for it and it's like if you have ways to like you said Ellie like if you can get content from it why it, there has to be a way for us to be able to watch it in real time even if it's like a stream on like a tripod or whatever I'm sure people will watch it just to support it because at least for my super novice fandom it's like the only reason i know about f1 academy is because i happen to follow people and like are in places where people talked about it and it's like oh that's something i should probably i want to support and like find drivers through Mm -hmm. social media and that stuff like that so it's just like if you aren't already in this world i guess is for lack of better term it's like you're not going to know about it unless it's like broadcasted in a certain way if that makes sense yeah man you say that and it's and this is a it is a argument that people use all the time However, we were just disproven that. I mean, they showed the women's 
final for the uh, NCAA. NCAA. And that was the highest viewed college sports event mm-hmm. in history. If you give it to people, they'll watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have but to. But if you don't give, give them it. the option, it's, how yeah. will you know? Right. You can't say, oh, it's women. No, people are going to watch it. That was just proven by the NCAA final. Or like the Women's World Cup. Like there are, say, right, women, like, there are so many instances where it's like, no, people actually do want to support women's sports. It's just we're never given the time or money or energy that it should be given. It's stupid. One interesting thing that has come out over the Miami weekend. So the director of F1 Academy, as we mentioned, is the glorious, fabulous Susie Wolf, who okay. is married to Toto Wolf, who is the Mercedes team principal. So very well connected. She um, has done uh, F1 tests. She drove an FP, a free practice session for Williams, I believe, a few yes, years ago. When it was... um, she's raced motorsports. Like she knows her stuff. She really does. Not only because by association in terms of her marriage, but in her own right as a woman, as a fantastic woman, she knows motorsports. So it's amazing to see her at the helm. And a lot of my nervousness around F1 Academy is slightly negated by the fact that she's involved because I really do admire her respect her and what she does so her previous uh accolades I guess are she won FE was it last year was it 2021 so she was team principal before she left she was team principal of the championship winning Mercedes FE team Mm -hmm. okay you know she's she's a solid woman she she knows what she's doing she knows what she's on with and this weekend in Miami she uh, came out and posted as did then F1 Academy and stuff that Hello Sunshine which is owned by Reese Witherspoon um, are going to do a docu-series on uh, F1 Academy which hugely exciting like great news great exposure particularly you got to think along, along the lines of like you drive to survive your full swing your break point um, and I'm really excited to have a docu-series that focuses on women on women's sports particularly because you know even the ones that uh, we've had so far the golf one the tennis one uh the obviously the formula one um have basically mostly focused on men um like correct me if this is wrong because i haven't actually watched them both fully um but breakpoint and full swing i don't think really focus on the female athletes that compete in um both those no i think you're right i don't think they do so to get a docuseries primarily focused on women's sports is massively exciting but even that if they can do a docu-series on the series why can they not broadcast it because like potentially you have a scenario and i appreciate that this was the case for some uh drive to survive fans where their first experience people's first experience of knowing the outcome of the races seeing what happens in the races knowing what happens on a race weekend is only going to happen through the docu-series because we've had no access to the broadcasting of the race weekends mm-hmm. for the entirety of 2023. Does that not seem right. a bit mad? No. A little bit. A yeah. little bit. But kind of just, yeah. But so I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to do a DTS kind of intro for the sport. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how well it's going to go over because people don't know. That being said, there are people in this world that think that every single F1 driver is an actor and that DTS is a fictional <laughs> series. But we're not going to go there. Wow. No, maybe let's not. And that is one of my biggest criticisms of Drive to Survive. I mean, I have probably quite a few criticisms of Drive to Survive, but one of the biggest ones is how late it comes out. Because actually you're basically gearing up for the next season. Mm -hmm. Take comparatively Chasing the Dream, which is the F2 
docu-series basically yeah they released an episode probably within a week of a of a gp um now it is were- now it is they released it the week after the gp has happened yeah. if not maybe it's still, maybe a couple weeks frequent they're frequent throughout the year to help you to follow along so say you stumbled on chasing the dream this week okay you've missed four races but you've got the opportunity to catch up ahead of the next 12 or however many it is that kind of format for me makes sense because you get people involved and you keep them feeding in i do understand people like to binge watch when like a whole series is out rather than waiting episode to episode but i think particularly when generating interest and trying to drum up support for a new series i potentially think that they'd be better getting stuff out sooner rather than later and i don't mean 10 15 minutes highlight videos on a Monday following a race. I mean, genuine footage and not only genuine footage of the races, but genuine footage of the drivers, genuine footage of the teams, genuine footage of the personalities, because truth be told, we've probably all talked about it extensively in some of our like conversations. I'm like, it's the personalities of people that pull you in. It's when you can connect with a person that pulls you in. Like I was even saying earlier about faces and stuff. Like chances are most people who got into Formula One through Drive to Survive probably at some point liked Daniel, liked Daniel Ricciardo because he's a personality, because you got to see that side of it rather than it just being like, oh, well, here's technically what happened in the race. Well, show me why I should be invested in this person. Show me why I should care about Abby pulling, Chloe Grant. Tell, tell me why I want to know about these people because I want to get invested in them. And, you know, maybe that's just my mentality of that's how I engage with a sport is by getting to know and learn and stuff. That's why we're here doing a podcast. But I don't just want to know who technically won the race and watch a few overtakes and a few bits of footage from a very condensed race weekend where you're talking like you're going to condense an hour and 20 minutes of hard racing into 15 minutes. Yeah. Sorry, hmm. I, I realize I've gone on a rant there, but that's okay. I just no, don't, I, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm trying to learn about this, and I can't because I can't see it until no. t- last night at seven p.m. when they released fifteen minutes worth of Valencia. And you can't fit three races into fifteen minutes. There's no way, and that doesn't include qualifying or free no. practice. Where if something happens in those, I mean, arguably <laughs> in Miami last weekend, qualifying was more interesting than the race. Free practice and qualifying were more interesting than Miami this weekend. Well, mm-hmm. okay, maybe not. Um, but but you, you know, know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can't even just say that the race is the interesting bit because it's not. It's not the only interesting bit anyway. Sometimes it's the boring bit. But yeah, but that's a good that's a good segue kind of into us talking about wrapping up F1 Academy, and I'm sure we'll touch on it later in different episodes. Um, mm-hmm. But kind of moving our way into Miami this weekend this past weekend um one thing i will it, say on f1 academy before we segue yeah which we totally can if you have questions about f1 academy if you have things you would like us to talk about on it we probably will be doing some question and answer um episodes of our podcast just so we can hear from you guys what it is you want to learn either if we've not explained something at all um if we've assumed that it's <laughs> a bit of a given we would love to hear from you so please particularly um in this week's episode talking about f1 academy if there are things you would like to know um if there are things you want to fact check if you know more than us please do get in touch um our socials we talk about all our socials in our intro and then again in our outro so please do get in touch through our socials um and let us know what it is you want to know about f1 academy um and what your thoughts are on 
the broadcasting rights broadcasting situation and how hard or difficult you found it to engage with that stuff now absolutely so to miami to miami so um i actually had the absolute privilege and pleasure of getting to work the grand prix this weekend um (laughs) so you know first step to live in the dream but um it was also my very first grand prix ever in the 13 years that i've been a fan I know. Wow. Um, yeah. more than me. Facts. <laughs> and um, it was it was really fun. Um, we learned some things. We, you know, experienced some new things. Experienced some celebrities. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, it was just it was a very cool experience. I think um, just for for me um as somebody who wants to end up working in f1 but also just as a fan um i will say the one thing that if you're planning on going next year keep in mind that it's going to be a big party it's not a sprint it's a marathon and that was something that we were told from day one it's not a sprint it's a marathon and it's a warm humid marathon (laughs) So bring your water. Hot, there hot, are water hot. fill stations. There are water fill stations stationed around campus and there are ice cold, which is really, really oh, nice. nice. I will give them that. That was great. Um, food is a little expensive, but that's mm-hmm. what that's to be expected. It's Miami. Um, there are multiple hospitality options ranging from every price range. And my biggest thing is if you are going to go and you want to buy a GA pass, do the add-on for the podium club okay, okay. Also, i was gonna ask that what are your like top tip learning things we're a learning podcast what have you learned that you would take into like going to a gp for anybody listening who is attending would like to attend come on give us your top tips so my biggest tip is if you can afford it because i'm not totally sure how much it costs i can do the mm-hmm. the research later podium club is an add-on to a ga or any ticket that you can use. Um, it is the crypto.com terrace, which is yep. where I was stationed this weekend. Um, and it is, you can do it for one day or you can do it for two days or all three. It does not matter, but it is a shaded area <laughs> where you are on a raised important. platform away from everyone else that does not have a wristband. Mm-hmm. So it is a place for you to have space. There is a purse, there is a bar for people who have you know, so you can get drinks, fresh drinks, as opposed to the ones that have been sitting in a cooler. Um, there, there's plenty of things to do, like a hundred percent. There are a thousand different things to do that you could definitely spend like a whole week on that campus and still right. with everything running and still not have done everything. Well, this shade would be the selling point for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shade, shade, and I saw loads of people. Right. I saw loads of people posting about aircon. <laughs> Yeah, well, okay. So, like, I'm going to go chill in the aircon space now. And like, I respect that. It's a warm yeah. place. That, so they do have big fans um, under that tent. Like if you can afford it, not only is it a raised platform where you can have space, there's seating mm. and not assigned seating, but it's, it's, yeah. it's basically tables and chairs where you can eat your snacks and whatever. Um, and you can see the podium without being crushed oh, nice okay which hey what's not to love about that right it's literally diagonal to the podium um it's 
not a bad view. You're right on turn. You're between turn three and four. Nice. You're, you know, it's not a bad view. And it's a place where even if you have grandstand tickets at it. Yeah, sure. You know, because that way you're, you have a shaded area that mm-hmm. you can escape the sun that has fans. And I, by fans, I mean, massive ceiling fans. <laughs> um, but like, that's my biggest tip. My other big tip is bring a reusable water bottle. We have the yeah. stations use them. Yeah. They are cold. Um, yeah. In terms of, in terms of what you can take to a GP, um, every track is different. Um, I have never been to a GP, as I said, but I've seen a lot of people post about it. And in terms of the specifics of each track, you should be able to check on the track website, what stuff it is you're allowed to take in. So in terms of like reusable bottles, taking your own snacks, like all of those kind of things, if you are going to a GP, please make sure you check that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because obviously this is specific to Miami. Um, but, you know, it's good to be prepared. It's good to do your research. That um, may sound like a very obvious thing, but it's the best thing I've picked up from sort of watching people's videos is they're like, I can't give you a, like a blanket rule of what you're allowed in your bag because every race is going to be different. So. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because like here for Miami specifically, because that's the one that I've been to, you know, you can have a bag of any color that's, you know, the size of a wallet. Okay. Wow. You can't fit much in there. You can't fit much in there. You can't, you know, it, you can't, but if it's, if it's, you can have a clear bag, that's up to like a tote. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, our clear bag now, policies we, here. Yeah. Clear bag policies are a very big thing in America, which I understand. Yeah. Um, now we were given fanny packs mm. um, that we were allowed to bring and use. Um, I filled, I filled that thing. I <laughs> used it all weekend. <laughs> It has been worn. It has been loved. It has served me well. Um, but definitely if you're one of those people that needs, you know, you want to bring your battery pack. I will say they do have battery packs that you can rent. Mm. Um, that's my so kind of segueing. The biggest thing that you can do once you get to your grandstand is find the guest experiences tent. Find okay. locate where that is. The reason that is, is because they come in threes. And by threes, I mean you have first aid, your water fill and charging station, and your guest experiences tent, a.k.a. your you are here maps, in the mm-hmm. same area. And they come together no matter where they are. So you have that. everything that you could possibly need for emergency in one area. Mm-hmm. Make sure you know where that is. That is the biggest thing for Miami. Besides, you know, hydration, sunscreen. Bring your sunscreen. Please bring your sunscreen. Um, <laughs> that's a whole Let other story me. I won't get into. Um, <laughs> but um, just, you know, have fun. Keep in mind that it's going to be warm and that, mm. you know, you just need to pace yourself. If mm-hmm. you don't pace yourself, you're going to get exhausted or you're going to get heat exhaustion. Um, there were a couple of people All this of weekend. which will ruin your GP experience, basically. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it's a lot of money to get there. Maximize the experience by staying hydrated and keeping safe. Mm-hmm. I will say Another that they PSAs. just pull out all the stops for everybody. Um, uh, Ferrari, Casa Ferrari was very, very interesting. <laughs> In what ways? Everyone had to sign an NDA. Ooh. Even the celebrities. Oh, who, who was the most celebrity celebrity that you saw? Personally? Mm-hmm. Yes. Tom Cruise. Casual. No, he's the only one that I actually saw in person. Sure. Oh, okay. um, but I, there was a ton of people there. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. The, yeah, the Williams sisters were there. Roger mm-hmm. Federer was there. The Jonas brothers were there. Oh, 
I won't even get into that. I have a whole thing, whole rant that will take us over time um, about how they only gave the Joe Bros 15 minutes and four songs. And we had DJs that had like 25 minutes. That's a crime. That's a crime. That's a crime. crime. It is a crime. I mean, regardless of the fact that they were there. um, That's a crime. I'm sorry. Okay. So speaking of Miami, there was something very important, historic and unique that happened at this race. I know it wasn't what Charles was sitting it? out in the same corner. It was not oh, Charles sitting no. out in the same corner. It was not. It breaks my little heart. What it, it was, was not those delightful little uh, buggies that they take them to the podium on. Wild. No, it wasn't. It was that all 20 cars finished the race for the first time. As far as we know. Yeah. So, so that means uh, in every race at some point, someone has not DNF'd. That's wild. I know, right? It's yeah, been but when you think, and you think it's wild, but then when you think about it, you're like, yeah, go figure. Like, there's always a retirement. Even all the time I've been watching F1, I obviously, has never been a race where they're, and I'm not saying that they're all crashes, but just like engine failure or like too much damage or things like that. Like, for it to be a race that every single car, every single driver finishes, it's historic. It is unique. I mean, maybe it tells us a lot about the the race. This but true. there was passing. <laughs> there was passing. There was. There were sixty overtakes um, in Miami. In you total. know, the battle for free Chipotle was the getter. Where free, I was, where, I mean, where, where, where I watched the race, everyone was cheering for Haas for that Chipotle. Not gonna lie. Yeah, well, Haas had said that. Uh, so, oh, Chipotle, who's one of Haas's sponsors, had said that if they finished in the points, the first couple of thousand people who texted in would get free chipotle so i did not know that did yeah. you know oh yeah this is what you miss when you're working you're so yeah you don't know i was anything. walking at a bar and i didn't know that until like hey mag or nico did something to like fall off yeah. the points and someone goes no. it's like we want free chipotle and i'm like that's a thing all right let's go yeah okay kevin magnuson got into p10 probably like three four laps from the end and yeah our chat very much went off um about the the free chipotle uh so yeah but otherwise like everyone finished and there were 60 overtakes it wasn't the most boring race in the world obviously there were like a few laps where the leader changed um all very interesting um but for the first time we had them all finish so well done boys well done for finishing. And I do want to give a shout out to Logan Sargent just a little bit. You know, of course because, you do. <laughs> I mean, of course I Your do, but boy. I love all the rookies because, well, okay. First of all, Oscar did five overtakes in the first lap. That's mm, freaking He major. had such a good first lap and then, and then his it all went failed. wrong and his brakes failed and it was so sad because he went from P18, it must have, to P13 and it was like, woo. Right. And then Logan, who had all the, you know, Home glory. Home glory had. Did just you know he grew up eighty miles weekend. from the track? What? Oh my gosh, did he grow? Did up you know he grew up eighty miles, no miles from the track? Yeah, I learned that this morning in uh, Williams's little quiz. I didn't know that, <laughs> but now I do. Oh, and that, on the co- that, about that shows you didn't watch the commentary because they mentioned that every thirty seconds. You couldn't hear it. Well, okay. You could not hear it. The yeah, sound systems it, it. were not pointed at at the tent at all. They mm. were pointed kind of crossed outwards so I was in front of the podium kind of mm-hmm. like the big screen you know how they, like they'll like point the, the speakers kind of inward towards the screen but like in a general outward direction and that sounds really oh. weird 
I, I'm sure I get the what you mean. listeners are kind of like, what the hell is she talking about? Um, mm-hmm. But so it wasn't pointed towards us at all. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, he grew up 18 miles from the track um, and sadly took damage on, I think, lap, lap one. Two. Lap, lap two. Lap one and lap two. He made up two places in the first two corners. Which, whoop, which was great. And then everything went to off the rails. Yeah. Yeah, he finished the race. Mm. He finished the race. They, yeah. they, they did, he did finish. Um, Nick and Lando had contact um, in the first corner, I think it was. So again, Lando then had to pit. Um, but it hadn't been a great qualifying session. So, you know, it's it's cool to see a race where everyone finishes. Um, that's very exciting. Uh, and yeah, other than that, not a massively eventful Miami weekend. Um, no. Max Verstappen got booed on the podium which we don't love um no, I, yeah that was the one thing I will say is that I wasn't totally I was loving that you know people were running towards the track and you know there was a lot of things I really I did text the group chat and I was like hey did the stewards have to summon themselves again because there was a lot of dangerous activity that was happening people were climbing fences and hopping over them and you know mm-hmm. climbing the safety barrier and doing all that stuff to try and get to the podium um which if you're going to a GP please don't do Please don't do that. Um, it's so not safe. Please You're be gonna safe. You're going to hurt yourself. And, <laughs> or someone else. <laughs> yeah, or somebody else. Um, and it just, it was absolute chaos. And then once, mm-hmm. what the one thing that I really kind of rubbed me the wrong way was the, well, I understand Checo has a massive following in Miami and I totally understand why. Yep. And, you know, more power to, to them and him. And I respect it. When you're at a podium, and someone else's national anthem is playing. That doesn't mean you start chanting the driver's name that did not win because no. you that's disrespectful on so many levels. I understand yep. that Max is dominant. I understand that, you know, maybe you're upset, but that's so disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah. It is. So yeah, that wraps up most of a, a Miami weekend. Um, we'll finish just just briefly, if we can, um, with what did you learn this weekend? Was there anything in watching the Miami GP that you learned that you didn't know? Either major fact, it can be that Logan Sargent grew up 80 miles from the Miami circuit. Um, big fact, little fact, something we'll touch on in future episodes. What was your learning for the week? Money, can you go? Uh, I think uh tire strategy coming into play with like starting all hard versus soft and like after mm-hmm. discussing tires more that was a big one but i think i guess this is something for future episodes we can talk about was like penalties and like how those are assessed and who decides how mm-hmm. penalties happen because i pretty it's pit lane speeding happened didn't it yep and then yeah yeah so like stuff like that more so like penalties I'm like oh, okay like trying to understand those more but we can save that for future topic to discuss hannah what did you learn this weekend this weekend i learned a lot of things mostly that i'm Mm -hmm. learning to banana boat sunscreen um (laughs) (laughs) but i also learned about the porsche carrera gt cup um more in depth because i actually got to watch it in person Mm -hmm. um it was great there was definitely a lot of action i think it's something we should definitely talk about in future episodes because i think it's something that deserves more you know coverage than it gets it is on Mm -hmm. f1 tv but it's not a live stream if i'm not mistaken so it you know you'll get it's kind of like in the same boat as f1 academy right now it doesn't get a lot of 
you know, coverage, but it is something that is really, really cool. It's full of action. The cars are, you know, pretty much not the same, but, mm. you know, they're very similar. They're all Porsche 911s, um, including the pace car. Right. Um, it is an all Porsche series. And, you know, it's just it's really cool series. It's full of action. And it's, it's kind of similarly run to a, you know, a feeder series as opposed to an F1 weekend. Yeah. Nice. Um, I briefly learned this weekend about Pirelli tire choice. And like we said, we will get properly into like tire degradation um, and things like that on on some future episodes because it's a big piece. And I think it's probably one of the more complex pieces. It's also potentially one of the slightly less interesting bits, but it's vitally interesting because it makes such a difference. Um, and essentially there's an argument that Pirelli got the tire choice wrong this weekend because the hard was so good. And actually what you want to see from a race and the reason they choose different tires is to make the race more interesting, to force people to have to pit rather than them being able to go long um, because tires are just lasting and lasting and lasting. Um, And, you know, we're here for safe, interesting racing. So that was what I learned, but I think that about wraps us up for the day. I think it does. Um, so thank you so much for listening. Um, please do get in touch with us um, on our social media. Um, if you have questions, comments, thoughts, or suggestions for future episodes of things that you also would like to learn about. Anything else either of you want to say? Nope. No. We'll see you. We'll see you next week, I guess. See you next yeah. time. Bye. 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 <laughs> thank you so much for listening. If you've got any questions on anything we discussed today, or there are topics you'd love to learn about with us in the future, then we would love to hear from you. You can get in touch on Instagram at prettygirlf one Club and on Twitter at PGF1C, or follow us on TikTok at PGF1C. See you soon!